Carlos Condon is still unable to quite get over the decision hump. Cron Gracie is triangling people like crazy, which means it's time for Verbal Tap 2016, where we prove consistently fighting is way easier outside the cage. I mean, the way we talk about it, it just seems like there's so many things they could be doing, and we tell Mm -hmm. them they just don't seem to incorporate it. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you doing tonight? I'm ready for 2016. 2015 sucked. It had yeah, you didn't enjoy it. And it ended the way it should have. And now I'm ready for 2016 to start. I watched... You were watching Risen, the Pride fights live. Yes. At like 3 in the morning or 4 in the morning, something bizarre. I watched the Cron Gracie fight. Unbelievable. Okay. For those that haven't... He um he's been on our excited MMA radar for a while. You know he's had some successful starts. Really looks good. Looked good again. I want to point out something. So don't get in his clothes guard. No, don't do that. And I mean not just his clothes guard, but the, the whole transition from there. And he he was pulling guard because he was standing up doing some you know boxing or striking if you would and he was just kind of like fuck that noise i'm gonna just fucking jujitsu the fuck out of you and uh, a couple things i learned during that moment one they had a hickson cam that just showed his reaction throughout the fight and i just thought i need that in my life at all times the hickson cam would be great yeah i need like hickson cam for when ups doesn't deliver a package and they call mm -hmm. you and they're like hey he's baking a souffle and it's not coming out the right way yeah, um, you know, I mean, everything, even him watching American Idol, all of those things. The barista so is putting milk in, and you ask them not to. Yeah. But the thing I really want to talk about is the fact that um, Risen, the name of the organization, which New Pride, if you would, um, a couple things. One, I didn't realize how much I missed it. Like I really didn't. It was cool. <laughs> it was so great to have goofy ridiculous freak show dumb amazing pride rules crazy fans uh languages i don't always know fights i can't even figure out why they're happening in the first place uh a ring people getting pushed outside of the ring i actually told so john evans is like a night owl like i am and i told jevons i was like john i want to make it very clear if we're ever fighting in a ring which we won't but if we ever are, I'm just pushing you outside like those metal ropes. I have every intention of getting you two to fight in a ring. That's fine. I think the one thing that he knows is that if we do fight in a ring, it becomes very closer to professional wrestling, which does swing back in my favor. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. But if it's a cage, it's never happening. Unless it's a steel cage and there's you know you win by climbing out, which he actually is a better climber than me. Not the point. Anyway. Uh, he was up, and I was just like, I didn't realize how much I missed Pride until I saw this. And I guess the other thing about Risen that was really weird is the fact that Risen had fights go on two nights. So I think one was going on like Monday or Tuesday night. I was barely even paying attention. And I just looked down, and I saw people were starting to put it on the Instagram. And it realized, on my perspective, that shit this is the mma version of you up because i'm up at fucking ridiculous hours and i'm like oh, i think i'm gonna go to bed but instead i'm getting a text from risen 
<laughs> via the internet saying, you up? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. I, I am up here. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So I had given my wife an iPad for her Christmas gift. And I was like, she's like, what are you doing, babe? And I was like, oh, nothing. I want to spend time with you. She's like, that's great. And I get the iPad and I set it up. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm assuring that we get to spend time with each other. But also there's fights. <laughs> and so I just put it on the background. There you go. Yeah. Very explains why you were watching the fights at three in the morning well what did you see what did you like i love the pride rules are back um one of the things that still cracks me up and i don't know why it always will you're allowed to kick people on the ground like you're allowed to knee them in the head or knee people on the ground you're not allowed to throw elbows to the face though this is something that john and i again went back and forth on because john loves kicks but when I was asking him about elbows, he's like, no, elbows are bad, though. And I'm like, John, this is ridiculous. How do you get to say that one's like super good and the other one's not? That's my only question, too. It's like, yeah, I, I get the argument that you're either going to let him or not. But And know? then John went into some bullshit explanation that he always does, which is like, well, if you and I was like, sleep, don't care. <laughs> so let's talk about what happened. So they, they split it up into two nights. And, um, you know, it's their annual what they used to do in Pride for their New Year's Eve show. It was great because you got a sense of how ridiculous it is. And and somewhere in all of this, they were doing a tournament, which you could not convince me was happening because we were getting it through stupid Russian feeds where we couldn't tell what the fuck was ever happening. (laughs) Like at one point when they ended, they didn't just say like, "Okay, guys, that's the last fight. We'll see you again on, yeah, I guess the day after tomorrow. Instead, they were just like, okay, let's go to Russian Sports Center and hockey. And there's no transition. It's just hockey. And I see the, like, Russian equivalent of Karen Bryant being like, hey, guys, it is a glorious day here in the cold. Let's talk hockey. So that was my first exposure to it. Um, I guess highlights from the first day included the fact that Mohammed Lal or King Mo. Uh, looked very vicious and very dominant. And on that first night, it was a little weird because, let's be honest, Sakuraba just should not be fighting anymore. Yeah, I saw your post about that and I didn't see his fight. Did he just get beat up pretty bad or was it? Shinya Yoki basically had his way with him, got him out, kept punching. Uh, okay. Then Sakuraba would kind of like fidget and then you just keep getting punched and then more punching and then punching to the punching. And at some point, I think the ref was just like, yeah, we're done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I agree. That is sad. And Sakuraba, come on. Yeah. You've got a whole entertainment thing going on. Let's just uh, let's let's keep our eyes on the prize. Absolutely. So I just don't want to see him take any more hurt. I like Sakuraba. He's a legend. So we can, you know, hopefully leave it at that. And let me tell you this, Kev. In this whole night, and it was like a weird mix of like exhibition match, K1 boxing, uh, like kickboxing rules, like MMA. So at any given time, you didn't know what the fuck was going on to begin with. And then they'd tell you, oh, hey, it's a kickboxing match. And you're like, what? Hold on, who? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's night one. But I want to say in terms of night one, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11. 11 finishes out of 13. So do the math. It's it's quite nice. So the next day, more of the same. You've got uh, Bob Sapp in open weight shoot boxing rules, which apparently 
uh, means that you can hit each other, but if you gush someone's head enough to split open like a waterfall, they just stop the fight. Okay. So good to know, right? That That is actually really good to know. Thank you. I do. Because uh, you know that's my move. I go yeah. for the forehead gush. Like that's when I, that's just how I. Oh, no, no, no. Side of the ear. And it also. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Fighting, that's disg- that one's disgusting to me. A kimono uh, taro, who, a person who we fought before. And the weight class is just nah. I'm impressed, though. I Why is Fedor... You can answer this to me, because it's been something that's... Did you also see the uh, like Breakfast with Fedor commercials that were going on? Uh, well, there was too much confusing. At a certain point, I think I just stopped realizing what was real life and what was uh, tired sleep deprivation, because I'll tell you a funny story after this, but let's go there. Okay, but the question is, why is Fedor the person that they're choosing? Did he... Was this his idea? Was he just kind of the person that they wanted? You know what I'm Could saying? Be. Maybe he's just the person who's like, I only have time during breakfast to do chit chat. And let's do commercial. <laughs> that would be it. And he's, I guess, so famous though from Pride in Russia that they wanted him as their focal point. Yes. Okay. Um. So uh, he fought a guy who I lovingly nicknamed. Uh, Jeep deep, but it's Jai deep. Um, it was domination. No problem. Submission punches. I didn't even see him tap out. So sure. Uh, that's how uh, stupidly outclassed, outmatched in every respect. So you were happy to see Fedor uh, just kind of get to his old ground and pound style and, and really be good at controlling as he's transitioning. So that's that one side. I didn't even see the heavyweight final to that because they went to hockey and again, once they put on hockey, I was like, fuck this noise. I'm going to sleep. Um, Good but other than that, there were some interesting moments. But um, we want to thank all of you who made the following happen, which is this. Our meme about Gabby Garcia went very well. And, you know, as Kevin mentioned, you're up late. It's like 5 a.m. here in uh, Los Angeles time. You put up a meme. You don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, Kev, did you happen to see her fighting? I did not. Okay. This may be a discussion for another time then, but let's just talk about the facts, which are this. Her fighting skill was... Okay, let me start here. People make fun of Gabby Garcia for being big, and that's a thing. People really, really are always attacking her for that. And, you know, there's sometimes some roid talk. There's sometimes, you know, she's a beast. Oh, man, she's a man. She's a dude. I try to steer clear of some of those comparisons. Not normally your style of humor, particularly. Yeah. Like, you're a dude, or I don't know if that's humor or whatever it is, but yeah. Yeah, that's not necessarily somewhere I like to go. Um, Which I appreciate just as a as a fellow partner in the comedy podcast. Right? Thank you. Um, but I just feel like most of the time they're easy jokes and you know, for the most part, she's never really done shit to any of you personally. However, having said all of that going into the fight, I was kind of hoping, Oh man, you know, I really hope she does well in this fight and the bell rings and Oh my God, that stand up is awful. Her stand up is terrible. Like it's not good That's to the point where when she was up and she had a height, like she was just bigger than this girl that she was fighting. That she at some point started doing, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but have you ever seen a fighter ever use standing hammer fists? 
Standing hammer fists? Yeah, like rushing in and then standing hammer fist as a, a form of punch. Like jab, jab, standing hammer fist. And maybe that's still being too complimentary because she was mostly <clears> – and again, this is where some people may uh, think the wrong thing of it. But I coined the phrase Frankenstein backspinning fist. <laughs> Because that was what her hands were extended out to because what she was doing was trying to get a grip or at least like feel the person's face, her opponent's face with her one like her left fist while also still trying to punch with the overhand right. So it's like literally monitoring like is your face there? Okay, punch. Is your face there? Punch. So then she threw a very violent backspinning fist which ended the fight uh, or at least knocked down the girl. So that she could win by give me your lunch money. At least she's still really good at jujitsu. Absolutely. You know, that's so anyway, the, nice thing. <laughs> the meme that we put up that went viral and thank all of you who shared it. It was very nice of you guys uh, was of comparing the classic Simpsons uh, Bart going to fight Lisa when doing a windmill. And I think there was one person on there who said, whoa. That's a little rough. And I was like, was it? Did you did you need to go back and watch that fight? Like, is that really it? There was one person who wrote World Star, which <laughs> man, that like honestly, that that touched my heart and my soul. And there was one person, I think, on a conversation that said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bart's windmill technique has a lot going on, more than anything that Gabby was putting together there. So we want to thank you guys for uh putting those very nice words together. So the event is highly recommended. Raph obviously watched it in the middle of the night for a few consecutive nights. Which, it's unclear why. But I guess was, leads us uh, to the story I should tell you, Kevin. Go ahead. So I guess I was waiting to tell you guys the story, which is very funny to me, but also very real. Um, I thought I had, apparently, the next day, because I was staying up super late, the day of, uh, I think, New Year's off or something like that, or New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Which is the only reason why I would have ever stayed up to really watch this. Sure. And more importantly, not let my cell phone battery die all the way down. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't have the day off. Oh. So <laughs> the last thing I'm pretty sure the people at my work see is me up at 4 a.m. posting stupid memes. <laughs> and then try to realize, <laughs> like, not I'm not making it into work. And granted, like, my boss sent me a text, like, where are you? And I was like, oh, no, fuck. Fuck, because like Kelly came in and she's like, you know, you're supposed to be at work. And I was like, no, I thought we had the day off. Like, I'm always there. And he's like, yeah, dude, it's and he was so nice about it. He was just like, I totally get it. Don't worry. And I was like, yeah, but I feel like shit. This is dumb. I never do this. And the dumb part is I realized I was like, I will never be able to explain why I stayed up late to watch a freak show MMA show. Risen. Where one dude is in an anime costume. That's your choice, right? Prancing down with a platinum blonde wig as he dances to um, Japanese K-pop music in the background. Well, okay, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Anyway, so I thought that was one of the funnier reactions. Granted, everything turned out just fine. But you better believe for like... Maybe an hour of my life did I have a thing of did I re- like did I really do that? Pretty damn funny for Risen. Yeah, it was very funny. Anyway, and people are wondering 
were risen the only fights that happened no we're going to no. talk about ufc 195 in all its glory because i'm obviously not going to let this content bullshit be just thrown about the world before and, we all stop and i'm writing my congressman raf i'm not going to stop just doing this podcast like, we're going to talk about this we should also talk about one other thing actually two more things very quickly uh one did you see dominic cruz and tj dillashaw i saw yes i definitely saw one of them talking and i can understand that tj you know i will say this though raf is tj kind of had that look like i'm gonna fucking murder you absolutely at the end of it like i'm not sometimes talking shit isn't the best plan like it doesn't always work out with aldo getting knocked out so i'm just gonna remind people especially know what this is for dominant cruz do you know how fucking long it's been since you've really been in the cage (laughs) with the people that tj said it's been a while so keep going love it think it's great but be careful because he looked pissed yes and uh i think that transitions nicely as we're about to go here in just a second but i think the last thing i wanted to say about it was he did look pissed and i couldn't tell if i was in awe of it or really appreciative of it it wasn't like or it was if i hated it shit sorry go yeah sure and, and you're exactly right but at the same point you're thinking you know on the one hand i really appreciate the fact that dominic is one-handedly selling this pay-per-view yeah. and doing everything he can to try and make TJ Dillashaw interesting. Well, on the other hand, I was like, it's a little much, dude. So I don't know. I went back and forth, but it was certainly impressive. And at a certain point, you just feel like, no, when one person's really good at talking and the other one isn't, that just, mm, <laughs> mm, it just feels bad. And I guess the second thing we should talk about is we asked people to put, uh, who did you think won the fight between Carlos Condit and Robbie Lawler in three words? <clears throat> we got a few responses. Yeah, so. do it. Go. John Gabe Naylor put quality over quantity. Interesting. Uh, Severe Woods put and still Lawler. That is probably quality over quantity is almost like uh, probably a really good way to pigeon that fight if you had to, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's an impressive way to put it because I would agree. Yeah, except for when you get to the 500 mark on Oh, you know, yeah, punches. except for quantity of like total punches in one round. Yeah, otherwise quantity. I just think it's interesting when you say quantity. Like when you reached 500, that was the moment I knew I was sad for you because I said, what more does this man have to do? Like, can we get Carlos Condit and, uh, you know, Gus Gus to a bar somewhere where they can <laughs> drown their sorrows together of and they're not I won't even do them to disrespect of calling them almosts. Because they're just fucking amazing. But like it's just in a certain way. They were almost champions. They're just not dumb or undeserving. Like they were those guys who took people to the limit and very well could have made an argument to have been champions in different times. Anyway, uh, some other ones Uh, who won the fight. Clearly the fans from Luke Lee. Yeah. Chris Perry put Carlos got Diaz. <laughs> Lucas Conley put Diaz should be a term. We will, we will make it both a verb <laughs> and an adjective. Okay, good. Uh, maybe even a noun if we really work it hard enough. We'll, we'll create a, a kid named Diaz. Uh, Lucas Conley put GSP. Todd Levin put beat the champion. 
Uh, Tracy, I didn't put the three-word post, but this was in response to us putting the uh, fight photo of the judges' cards. And Dana White saying that he thought that Carlos won the fight. Uh, actually, this was later when somebody was actually pressing him for information. This is a sidebar. But during the post-presser conference, somebody <laughs> asked him. They're like, uh, Dana goes, only two more fucking questions. The reporter goes, hey, Anderson Silva said Rio, UFC Rio, was canceled. Dana, what? Reporter, Rio's canceled? Dana, I'm not fucking touching that. So that was a fun <laughs> moment. So, yeah, weird even for Dana was in the response to that. Um, somebody put in response to that photo for the scorecard, throw blue and white judges off the bridge. Just kidding. <laughs> so people felt fearful. Our good friend Lisa to put she was afraid of Carl's Condit potentially being someone who would retire. Uh, Sam MMA fan just put, you know, it's – Great fight and bad decision. Robbie's team told him that he needed four and five after round three. They knew he would be down two to one. Robbie's corner then told him he needed a KO after four because it, they had just put him down three to one. So, you know. What did you. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. I'm, we, just, I'm getting angrier by the second. I know. You know. <laughs> I just. Well, I they, really thought the fight was over at round four. I genuinely did. And I want to I want to just quickly put this to you because it's just you. We're going to have two of our friends join us shortly. But uh, Zachary Sandlin put, how about the winner of Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown gets winner of Robbie Lawler versus Tyrone Woodley? Ooh, four-person bracket punch? Yes. That'd be great. That would be awesome. I'd watch the hell out of that. Never going to happen with Dana currently running. Yeah. You and I have uh, been looking for some alternative in the MMA rules. We love the four-person tournament, com like that sort of combat tournament. Even It doesn't have to happen the same night, but that would su surprise me. Well, Kyle Shepard, in response to our three-word uh, prompt, put Condit, 400 strikes. Oh, my God. Is that really the number? I think it was 500. I think we got to look at that again. Just uh, kept throwing. But Zachary Sandlin, before your, he had proposed that prompt – said amount of strikes don't matter when they're taps taps to measure distance either way immediate rematch on the way well we're not sure and we'll talk about that shortly um but i still felt like what condit was doing wasn't exactly just like love taps i think it was clearly rocking did you see Lawler's you know face did you see him like the part that was confusing to me is when he kicked him when he did the kicks and lawler went down mm-hmm I found that to be a difficult place to score because Lawler got right back up. Mm -hmm. But do you score as a knockdown? I would think you have to because it's caused by strikes. And it seemed like that to me ended up being something they did not count as a knockdown. Yeah. Anyway, so that was some good feel for the fire. We want to thank everybody who participated in the, those prompts. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you playing along with us. Let's talk about these fights. Yeah. Raph, you were ready to do this because I'm yeah, hopped up about it. <laughs> right. Okay, so you guys know that yesterday we did a. Uh, you know, a live broadcast, which is fun. I told you not to replace me. It was going to prove that I'm not that talented. And well, that's the whole thing is, is that 
when you realized, and there was a lot of shit talking about you, just to let you know at home, Kevin hasn't had the time to listen in um, to the podcast. So he has no idea what we said about him, which is great. Um, but we had a whole bunch of uh, fighter predictions that were brought to life by our two friends, Caleb Johnson. Caleb, you're back on the show. How are you, man? Good. I'm doing, doing fine. How are y'all? Not bad, man. Uh, and then we've also got Eric John Jackman, Ariel Hawani. Jackman. Genman. Justine Bateman, one of those. I don't know. Boo. Boo? At New York Day. Worst intro ever. Let me give you real quick, uh, in case you haven't heard him on the MMA hour, um, I just want to point out a design flaw in Eric's logic, which is it's funny when you make fun of the fighters and you mess up their names, but you mess up your guest name. <gasps> oh, no. I would never mess up a guest name. That's fucking hilarious. Again. <laughs> so, Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Good. It was a good uh, fight night, so I'm feeling good. But I'm I'm most happy about having Kevin back. I mean, that's the most important <laughs> he thing. He did try to suck up to you at the end. Let's be very clear. I'm sure. You could feel the heat between. <laughs> I'm worried uh, about Jackman being nice to All me. of the birds that a, both Caleb weird. and I were getting in at Kevin's expense. But then he decided to try and save face and being like, Kevin, I love you. So that's fine. You can tell Kevin whatever lies you want him to hear. That sounds like the crafty radio personality that's gotten him on to the big stage. That's just my preliminary thing. And what big stage would that be? The MMA second or whatever. The MMA very smart man. I, <laughs> I knew I loved Kevin for a reason. I mean, it's you know the the brilliance is just exuding from his pores. It's, it's just wow. oozing. Let's put that on a quotable so that we can always resume back to that. Anytime Kevin says something unfortunate, or <laughs> as what's probably going to happen here, Eric says something crazy. Now, uh, here's the thing, uh, Caleb. You went to go train immediately after we did that. Um, did people get beat up accordingly afterwards? Uh, yes. <laughs> Did you find that you were a little angrier because you had to shit talk for so long? Because you also had a blue belt in the ride who was saying that your, I don't know, your cross collar choke, eh, it's, you know, it's not so good anymore. <laughs> yeah, I went back and listened to it and it was, I never thought they were that good, but I guess they were. <laughs> you got to defend it, yeah. It's a very interesting moment. Kevin, when you hear it, I think you'll be quite entertained. I'm looking forward to it, actually. It's on my drive list for tomorrow morning. But, gents, let's talk fights, and let's talk about this. I want to bring up a few things, but I'm going to start with this. Caleb, you at first were saying, how is it that you could appreciate Carlos Condit? When I then pushed you for an answer, you said it's because, well, Kevin likes him. Were you at all impressed by his performance yesterday? And follow-up question, did you think he did enough to beat the champ? Go. Uh, I was very impressed with his with his performance yesterday. It was a fucking war. I mean, they, they left it all out there. Uh, I like Robbie Lawler too much, and I think I'm a, I, I mean, it, it, it was a super close fight, and he might have done enough to, to beat the champ, but I think Robbie might have etched it out just a little bit. Okay, and where did he edge it out exactly? I think in that last little flurry of the fifth round, just or right before the last 15 seconds of that fifth round, it just seemed that Robbie had more in, in his hands, just knocking Carlos, Carlos down every time he hit him. 
Okay, okay. Uh, some people say it was the third round. Are you one of those people, Eric? Uh, yes, I think the third round was the deciding round. <clears throat> the other uh, four were pretty obvious. Um, or not, I would, maybe obvious is the wrong word since they were still pretty close, but I, I think we can say. all agree on, uh, on who won each of those rounds, even though they were close. Uh, the third round was, was definitely the swing round. And I personally gave it to, to Carlos. I thought Carlos did enough to get it done, but, um, I'm not up in arms about it because I think it was a close enough round that you could argue anybody won that one and, uh, good for Robbie. I didn't have a four one. I think 3-2 is maybe closer. Um, I don't know. But the reason why I had to go to you guys first is because I know deep in his soul, somewhere somewhere there, Kevin is not doing well. I tried yesterday because I knew he would be on some kind of mental watch. I tried to text him right after the fight was announced who the winner was. You okay? I got no response. And quite frankly, that was terrifying. Do you want to know why? Yes, Are go you, ahead. This is, I'm going to, for real here, Caleb, Eric, Raph, I just tossed my phone. I was so fucking sick of it. For the like ninth time, it felt like I watched Carlos Condit win a fight and somehow lose it under the same bullshit guise that you have to take the belt from the champ. No, you don't. That has never been, I mean, sure, I guess he could have knocked him out. Fight was clear. This is a nice full circle moment for oh, us. As you know, we started this podcast. Beat GSP, beat Hendrix, beat Lawler. Beat Somehow no. still don't, keeps losing three to twos. He did not beat GSP. However, that was the basis of the start of this podcast. So I knew that there was a certain moment with Kevin. I will say, though, Kev, for just for future notice, if you do throw your phone away, that's great and all. But it's really shitty in order for me to uh, organize the podcast because I'm Fair. like – Fair. You, I was just okay? like, I'm done. I'm just, no. Like, <laughs> I, I, put it I down. just did one podcast without him. Do I have to do this again? <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so guys, clearly though, even though we may have some discrepancies on who won, and most of us are right and Caleb's wrong, but I think the important thing that we need to talk about here is how good of a fight this is. Is this one of the best fights in the welterweight division? I'm going to start with you, Rick. Uh, for sure. I think it's one of the best fights ever, um, just on the basis of the highest stakes, you know, and the, uh, the level of, um, of power that both of these guys have. They're both, you know, pretty much known as finishers, even though Robbie's been in a few decisions lately. I think that's more due, uh, just to people, you know, with, with incredible chins being able to withstand his shots. Uh, Carlos is no exception there. One of the best fights ever. Um, clearly a contender for a fight of the year for 2016 uh, couldn't really quite squeak it in under 2015, but I think Robbie probably had the fight of the year for 2015 with his uh, fight with McDonald's. So um, yeah, all the praise that it got on Twitter and everywhere else yesterday was, was well-deserved. Kevin, I have to ask you this. I had somebody who was talking with me about this yesterday and it was right after we talked about it on this show, which was that it was a great credit to both uh, G or no, I'm sorry, not GSP, but Robbie Lawler and Roy McDonald how they got like bloodied in their fight, but yeah. they still kept fighting. And somebody told me this and they said, ew, but that's, isn't that kind of gross? Don't you hate those fights when they get all bloody like that? What's your response to that? No, it's amazing. Are you kidding? It's the best fucking but thing. Like, ew, no, it's like, you know, gross and blood. It, yeah, it is gross. Uh, I, I'm, hey, I'm not doing it. I'm watching it. Does that count? <laughs> That's so, fine. I just and I tried to explain. It. I was like, I think what we were really I use saying the same is, explanation I use for porn. Is that not a? 
I don't know that that's going to apply here. Or the right. fact that you forgot that it's going to be on record on vocals forever. Uh, Caleb, what was it that surprised you most about Carlos Condit? I know that you were only joking when you said uh, it was there. Was it the fact that, yes, we were sort of predicting that Robbie Lawler was going to bring him into those really dogfight kind of moments, and yet he still pulls it out in the end? And were you surprised that he was able to withstand some of those punches? Uh, I wasn't surprised at all. I knew that uh, Carlos Connett's a very, very tough opponent. I mean, GSP, GSP isn't the best, best finisher for GSP. I mean, he can, he knocks a hard punch. I mean, Robbie packs a hard, uh, I'm sorry, Robbie packs a hard punch too. And whenever Robbie brought him into those dog fights, uh, and Carlos just, uh, he just has a tough chin. He's, well, hold on. How tough, Caleb? This is my question to you because I thought about this during, and I'm curious, Raph and Jackman. I'm how many of Lawler's right hands do you think you could take, Caleb, before it would KO you? I'm curious. Uh, I don't know, but not 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 too many. I don't think <laughs> that's a great answer, uh, Kev. How nervous were you for those dog fight moments? Because I felt a certain like people asked me, they're like, "Hey, are you going to come sit on the couch with us?" And I was like, "No." Like, my wife looked at me, and she's like, there's a spot right here. And I was like, babe, I'm pacing. No, I it's was, one of those I got, fights. I got tensed up. Yeah, I started to put my left hand in front of me. and Because simultaneously, Condit was, like, getting into the clinch. And it felt like at any moment, Lawler could knock him out with a right, or Condit was going to put a knee through Lawler's face. Like, yeah. one of those things was going to happen. Yeah. Jack, what about you? Great. If Lawler reared back, how many right right hands can you take, you think, before... Before you're down, uh, I think the the wind coming toward me to punch, you know, just the idea of him loading up on it would, would fell me. <laughs> I, just I, like Raph, I think I could take with a case of the vapors. <laughs> you don't have to. It's his vertigo. I think I could take three. I think nope. the third one is what nope. would do it. I nope. I, 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 I put a I lot of thought into that. This. Uh, so obviously that was great. Eric, the question I wanted to ask you too was there's been some note that said, you know, when people were so surprised, they were starting to allude to the fact that Joe Rogan may have been influencing people's ideas of how good Carlos Condit was. Do you think that was a factor in public perception of this fight? I think it's always a factor. Um, I think the idea of, you know, Rogan and Goldberg, um, influencing people's opinion on a fight is kind of overplayed and overrated. Um, people are not that dumb if they're looking at uh, a fight, they can see who's landing. But at the same time, I think it is, you know, it is a part of it. I just think that that part of it tends to be overblown. Um, so do I think that was the reason why many people thought Carlos Condit won? I don't. Um, do I think it had any influence on it? I do. Um, but I'm not about to say that stupid MMA fan thing about watch the fight on mute and then you'll see who really won. Um, <laughs> because I think it's stupid. So and, uh, just to rephrase my question, you wouldn't call it a fear factor. <laughs> yep. Wow. It was worth it. It was worth it just to hear you on the other part of this line. 100%. Oh, that joke wow. was just for me. And you know what? I was right to do so. America will uh, show as such. Caleb, let me ask you this. Are you ready to see Carlos Condit retire? Kevin, you're in the wings on this one. I'm coming to you last. But Caleb, you're first. <laughs> no, I don't think he should retire yet. But I think he should have had a warm-up fight before he fought for the title. He fought Thiago Alves, and Thiago Alves is a tough, tough fighter. But he should have fought Woodley again or maybe Hendricks. 
really, I I still feel he's in play. Like, I feel because he's been in that perennial spot, if fucking Michael Bisping can find his way into high-profile fights, <laughs> then we can make an argument that someone who actually has done something in high-profile fights, most of, a couple of them, four title shots, he should have the ability to come back in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes on that one, Eric. Retirement. Where do you fall on this? Um, you know what? I'd say as much as I'd love to see Carlos Condit continue fighting. Um, when you really think about it, the dude is a family man. He's got a lovely wife. He's got a kid. Um, and if he has made enough money in his career that he feels comfortable stepping away, I say good for him. Um, I'm, I'm kind of sick of seeing these, these MMA fighters who didn't put enough money away and, you know, have to keep fighting because they need that next paycheck because they're living, you know, on those, um, but if he's in a, in a spot where he can walk away with, you know, his re- health relatively intact, I say good for him. So I'd love to see Carlos Conde keep fighting, but if he steps away, um, it would be a happy moment. Mm, speaking of happy moment, Kevin, where do you fall on this? I know he's been like sort of contemplating. He's made some comments about his fight career. So mentally, uh, I'm still so adamantly in denial. It's hilarious. I wouldn't even fathom it, especially watching what he just did. His movement kept that fight moving. His movement was 100%. I was so excited to hear that Robbie Lawler credited his movement as part of what really the best thing that uh, Carlos Condit was doing in the ring. He was saying when they asked her, like, what do you have to say from he was so complimentary of so many parts. He was like, dude, he's a tough guy. Every other word out of Robbie Lawler's mouth be it uh, consciously or not consciously, just because of what the fight took out of him. He said every sentence, he's just a tough guy. He's just tough. And uh, from that perspective, I could get behind that. He left out and beautiful, but yeah, he is. mm, Muting Kevin shortly. Uh, Caleb, all right, so let me ask you this. If he does retire, what do you see Carlos Condit doing? What other things could he be doing if he retires? Go. Uh, he could probably be like, like a paid sparring partner, or he could. Like, I'm sure he could do uh, like UFC on on Fox or something. Be a commentator. I mean, he's still a smart dude. He's been hit a lot, but I mean, he still speaks well. You think that he would have the 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 stones to be a good commentator? Mm, I think he could. I think he, he speaks well. So okay, I just like the fact that like. It's it's hard because sometimes he strikes me as very Keanu like. Um, yesterday, even in this press conference photo that we snagged um, online, he had a sad Keanu face, and I was like, I would love to make a meme about this, but I respect him too goddamn much to do that in his possible retirement speech. So nah, pass. Um, I'll go over to you, Eric. What do you think he should do if he's not going to be doing the fight game no more? Uh, maybe he could be some kind of crash test dummy or something. No, um, no, no. Maybe he could. He's got the jaw for it. I don't know. I'll tell you that. He does. Uh, I, I really don't know. Um, a lot of guys tend to, you know, go into the gym business or, you know, stay in the sport in some kind of way. Uh, I think he's got the kind of analytical mind um, to do something like that. But I think he's one of those guys who, once he's done with MMA, is going to be done with MMA. Really quiet, uh, yeah. So I think uh, he'll probably disappear, do something else, and, and I'm sure he'll be great at it. Yes. Uh, but, you know, at, 
the the, the team he's got down in uh, New Mexico is not going to let him make a bad decision. Yeah. So whatever it is, um, th- they'll figure it out. Okay, Kev. Uh, aside from being your lover, that's not an option. You cannot use uh, that. Like, okay, I was, yeah, I was going to go personal life coach, but you're reading between the lines. This is easy. Slot receiver for the New England Patriots. So you want him to go from a sport where there's less concussions to more concussions? I just think he'd really thrive in the Belichick system, and mm. there's no real telling. <laughs> wow, I thought you were looking out for his best interest, but clearly not if you're I making I think he'd be a Super Bowl champion. I'm saying this is a great move for him. He'd probably mm-hmm. catch a, he'd probably get 1,000 yards next I'm just. I just feel he'd have some sort of PTSD and start taking out defenders with kicks. That would be seems legal. Amazing. It does, and seem the good. paycheck is, is definitely an upgrade. One thousand percent upgrade. But he also strikes me as somebody who's like pretty economical with his money. So like, if he became super super rich, like on that level, uh, from the football pay, I think he'd just still be like, yeah, dude, still living in my own house. Like, it's cool, man. Like, what else? <laughs> um, uh, we'll come back to parts of that. Paid later. assassin. He could go. I don't know. Fix I would, whole... you know, honestly, you get him and Keanu in a movie together, like John Wick Two, Ooh. done, Ooh. done, because I think he could play a really good bad guy in movies, like a, a quiet henchman in a Bond film. So that's where I would probably start pitching if I were his people, and if they are as smart as uh, Eric is suggesting here, guys. I have another question to ask you here, which is this. Where was Andre Arlovsky yesterday? I know this is especially sad for you, Jack. Jacqueline knows so. people. He might be able to tell us. Oh, it was so hard to watch. That was so hard. <laughs> I don't know. He, was, he, he probably was still in New Mexico because he wasn't there whenever he got knocked the fuck out. But <laughs> it was sad to watch that. <laughs> it was not the easiest to watch because he had that wobble walk where you get Oh, yeah. Knocked. He was like knocked out and then knocked out again. It was but like it's that like you you know when you fall back for a chair and it's not there he had that movement. Oh yeah, he had that like where that dude walks into the convenience store trying to get more beer and he just kind of <laughs> stands and then falls. It's a beautiful poetic segment we have with our Texas fans here. Nobody can say it as beautifully as that. I think that's about as good as it's going to get. Um, obviously, on this one, uh, you had mentioned Eric that uh, Stipe was going to be very funny. And uh, I think we got a chance to see that, though. Did you happen to feel a little bit better and justified in seeing him have his kind of funny moment? Yeah, I liked uh, I liked Steve Bay's post-fight reaction. And I think the question of like what happened to Arlovsky is, is a little bit like off-base, uh, just because if you think about Steve Bay's career, outside of that one ridiculously shocking loss to Stefan Struve. I have no idea how that happened. Um, outside of that one loss, he's pretty much undefeated. I think he beat Junior Dos Santos no matter what, you know, the judges scored on that one. Um, so I think it's time we kind of respect him as, as one of the really elite heavyweights. Um, and Andre Arlovsky was on the, the wrong end of that. But I think Stipe, you know, is a, is a potential champion in the heavyweight division. So um, hats off to him. He, had a great performance and then he let himself a little bit loose in the uh in the cage afterwards and, and in the post fight press conference. So good for Stipe. Well I want to address this by saying I think your answer is actually off question. So um that's what happens when you're off base and you don't really know any better. So uh, the question had to do with him being funny, uh because that was a point that you brought up during the discussion because 
it was that I just wanted to know, did you feel vindicated in seeing him have that moment? Because I don't know if you saw our contribution. And if so, would you mind describing what you saw from our meme? I didn't. Uh, I may have. I probably did. I don't know. Re- refresh my memory. Well, it just struck me yesterday that it reminded me of a certain moment. And uh, we created a meme. You can see it at uh, Verbal Tapcast on Instagram. It is of uh, Steve Bay's uh, post-fight speech with Joe Rogan as juxtaposed with footage from Chappelle's mockery of Howard Dean's scream. Uh, yes, I did see that. I because that's exactly that. what it sounded oh. like, especially when he was looking at Dana and saying like, hey, you, you're fucking my – like, give me my shot. We're that on the look. same page. <laughs> That was that's terrifying. right. That's right. Yeah, it was exactly the same, if you ask me. Um, so yes, I think it is. You know, obviously he's an amazing performer. So I don't think it's anybody there. I think it's just more so that with Andre Olovsky, you just hope that the comeback could be true because a lot of the promotional packaging for this entire event that night that they were playing was Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condit, Andre Olovsky. Can you believe these guys are still here? Yeah, the whole time. Uh, Kev, did you have any observations about Arlovsky? Was there something amiss? Was there something we didn't see? It, it, whenever these quick fights happen, you always wonder that. But it's like, you know, the quick fights, I feel the same way about the long ones. We saw what we needed to see. Stipe <laughs> Mijic is ready. Stipe is the coolest possible, uh, I know, phrasing. I just got back from the mountains. <laughs> um, uh, well, a t-shirt that says I feel the same way about the short ones. Anyway... I was impressed. I like the uh, and these big guy fights usually end like this when it's swing when it's people just coming out swinging. Uh, I also want to say, uh, speaking of coming out swinging, um, our good friend Eric said there was a lock of the night. Do you remember what the lock of the night was, Eric? What did I say? Um, I don't. I don't remember. Well, you were telling us when we did the preview show, you said that the lock of the night was Scott Holtzman coming up with a win over Drew Dober. <laughs> And I tried to walk you down from it. I literally said, are you sure you want to say that? Because I actually tagged you on a voice pick for Drew Dober on our show. And you said, no, it's lock of the night. You doubled down on it. How do you feel? Hold on. He said it was the lock of the night. He said, Yo, Holtzman I feel, I feel great. Um, you know, Scott Holtzman picked up a big win and, uh, you know we can move on for, from there, but uh, he, he's on the path at, at lightweight, and uh, that was that was a huge win for Scotty Holtzman. That's great. I want to ask uh, Caleb what really happened in that fight, then. Oh uh, yeah, Drew Dober won, bro. Mm. And how did he win? Uh, decision. Okay, that was where you and I erred because you did say it would come uh, via TKO, but I would say yeah, the guy was... with two knockouts in his career was gonna was gonna rock uh, Scott Holtzman. Well, wait, I want to I wanna come back to you, Jackman, because you <laughs> – let me put this as the uh, lock pick of the night again. I just want to underline that for those of us paying attention. Okay. Kev, you've never been opposed to making locks of the night. What happens when they blow up in your face? It, you know, it usually can be a little embarrassing, uh, but I have found my – the most successful strategy is a quick and effective mea culpa. Mm-hmm. Because then you can just move on to your next dumb prediction. <laughs> it's as though it didn't even happen. Okay. Speaking of stuff that didn't happen, uh, on your side, uh, Caleb, I did try and walk you out of talking shit, mad shit about Joe Soto. Because 
I was telling you, I was like, this dude, he's he's good, <laughs> but he did come up short. Mm, he did, and I was watching. I was right. You were right on that one. However, on this one, Eric was also wrong because he said it's a bad pick. More specifically, Caleb went first, then Eric went. And then that's when you saw Eric say, that's a bad pick. I'm going to go Soto because I'm is, is that how it went? I, that doesn't really make sense. I feel like it was more like, you know, because he picked him, I was like, no, that's that's terrible. Um, you know, obviously Caleb doesn't know what he's doing. So let me pick the opposite, <laughs> ending up making it a good pick. Mm. Um, I think that's how it played out. And then obviously it ended up being a great pick. Um on my perfect card. I mean, I picked them all right. So Well, let's you know, do this too real quick. How it goes. Between the two of you, I also tried to do this. Kev, how much how would you say my love for Michael McDonald? How deep does it run? Very deep. Do you know why? I always just presume that because of his submission oriented style, but no, I don't. It's uh mostly because you know when things what is it? When they don't change, what happens to them, Kevin? They stay the same. Things will never be the same again. <laughs> and they weren't, especially when Eric and Caleb didn't heed my advice when I tried to give both of them the opportunity yet again to see Michael McDonald still holding a strong place in the division because their words were, you don't walk away for three years. And it wasn't three years. It's like more like two. But you don't walk away from no, okay. Three years in that Caleb division. Caleb had that right. Caleb didn't have that right. He said, he said two years. I said three years. Caleb, uh, Caleb had that one right. So don't don't discredit your uh, your guests over here. Let's put it this way: it's the beginning of 2016. So if you're going to be fucking really specific with me, go by months. But if you're going to call it three years, wait for the three year anniversary of it to happen. <laughs> um. Now, Raph, let me ask you something. Here. Yeah, go for I it. I mean, were you impressed with uh, with uh, Michael McDonald's performance? Uh, let's put it this way. Absolutely. Because have you ever been in a head and arm triangle? I'm sorry. No, you haven't, Eric. Let me direct this over to Caleb. Caleb, as someone who practices jiu-jitsu, <laughs> when somebody gets – like if you yourself get a head and arm that close, what are the odds someone's going to get out of it? Uh – not likely. And why is it? Because Joe Rogan himself was saying, oh, this is done. This is done, which I hate. But uh, Joe Rogan knows a lot more than me in jiu-jitsu, so I will concede that. I just always feel that whenever you say this is done, it's finished, oh, God, this is going to be the end, that that just leaves the opportunity for when someone does some cool shit like an escape, it really catches mm-hmm. you off guard. So anyway, uh, talk us through how it was that Michael McDonald – was able to do some cool shit. I think whenever, like, whenever he went to adjust to make the choke tighter, he just felt the smallest little bit of room and was able just to move his hips, get his arm out, and defend, and then take the back and just get the choke. Mm. And once once he got on the back, he just closed all he had and just had it. This is good stuff. And Kev, then I have to ask you this: as uh, the other proponent of the head and arm triangle choke on this show. <laughs> It is the move of the podcast. Did you not get a little scared that you're like, oh, no, don't look at that, anybody? I, That's our jam here. I always, yes. And the head and arm, can I also say, it's, and this is where I feel like it's the reason you and I love it, it's really camera aesthetically pleasing. 
You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, sometimes yeah. you can't see an arm bar or the guillotine choke is hidden, but with the head and arm, it's so visible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to say that wasn't one of the only cool things that happened. That was a great way to end the preliminary on Fox Sports 1. Um, do you guys have any notes for Albert Tumanov and Lorenz Larkins? Because um, it seemed that there might have been some outrage. Did either of you feel that? Um, let's start with you over, Eric. No, I thought uh split decision was fine. I mean, that's about as close as it can get. Mm. Um, I was fine with it. I think Larkin fought a five-round fight mm. when uh, there were only three rounds. And mm. if, if the, it had gone two more rounds, there's no way Tumanov would have gotten off the stool in round five, or at least his leg would have been yeah. kicked out. Um, so I think it was, you know, just... Uh, he ran out of time, Lorenz Larkin did, but uh, put up a good performance. Tumanov is no joke. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the right guy won. No problem Caleb, with that did one. you have the same feeling, or were you different on that one? Uh, well, I mean, I've tried Lorenz Larkin, but I, mean, I, I completely agree that Albert Tumanov should have won that fight. He just, you know, boxed him. If, if the fight would have gone a few more rounds, I don't think he would have gotten off the stool either. I mean, those leg kicks were killing him, but... He, he he kept his composure and just kept using his boxing and was just able to get the decision. I, you know, you did mention this, and I don't know if we really pressed on it. Did you say you've trained with him before? Uh, no. Oh, what did you say? You just picked him? Yeah. Okay. And you were saying that he was the man at 170, yeah? Mm, yeah, he was. Uh, not last uh, night. All right. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you don't show up. It's true. Kev, um, I have to ask you this, though. Do you love translators when they go to the end for the post-fight interview, especially when the translator adds extra words when the person hasn't spoken yet? I swear to God, the thing that drives me the most nuts too about this is they every time it's like they've never done this before or they've never talked out how it's going to happen because they'll look at each other and it seems like one out of every four interpreters for the UFC struggles to explain the basic questions that Joe Rogan is asking. Yeah. My question, is this one of those times where they could just remove Joe Rogan from the equation? Or is that not a possibility? No, like, I don't think so. Do we have to have this third layer? Nah, nah you got to do the thing where, okay. you know, you have Joe holding it. Because somebody's going to ask the question. And otherwise, well, I don't know. Sometimes the translators don't even give a fuck. They're just like, what do you want to say? Great. Thank the fans. My pride at home. Crunchies, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, decisions that were weird, um, let's talk for just a split second here about Alex Morano defeating Kyle Noak, who originally was supposed to face Calvin Gastelum. So, again, I'm going to ask you the same question, Eric. Was that a right call? Tough. Um, I think Noak won the first two rounds, but I'll say, you know, under pride rules, I think Morano won that. You know, if, if we're going by who did the most damage, who was looking to really finish that fight, um, I think it was was Morano and not Noak. Uh, that said, you know, we the system we have is a 10-point must system, and I think uh, Noak picked up rounds one and two. So um, I, I think you have a case if you're upset by that decision. Kev, I have to ask you this because I, I was genuinely concerned with this. Um, if he had been fighting Kelvin... I just couldn't stop thinking about the entire time of having somebody who didn't just press, but who could get that clinch or who could at least press that wrestling. Yeah, against uh, I just thought that was going to be 
a really bad matchup. I didn't know that I saw Kyle, the Kyle Noak of yesterday ready to take on Calvin Gaston. Was I alone in that? Did you? That feel was like going to be the part I was shocked by. I thought Alex Morano, whom we've seen fight before and is a tough guy who who does. I was impressed that he was able to take the fight shortly, but Kyle Noak didn't look good. Mm. He just didn't have that sort of quickness that he normally does. And uh, I was going to ask if you knew any, if you, anybody know any insider stuff? Was there a problem with the weight cut or anything? Uh, it was a wrist injury. Ah, okay. It was cool. weird because I saw Gastelum <laughs> behind the scenes at uh, EBI. And uh, I wanted to be like, hey, man, like ask him a stupid question. But I didn't have one. And then a couple days later, it was a wrist injury. And I go, motherfucker. I knew I should have asked him something. It wouldn't have given me the scoop. Like he wouldn't have just fallen into it and been like, oh, Raph, you know, the weather's pretty cool. But my wrist hurts. (laughs) Wishful journalism sometimes, guys. Uh, As we start to wind down on some of these picks, I just want to ask you guys, uh, how nice did you appreciate Brian Ortega's triangle choke, especially when it looked like when we're going into the third round and Caleb, I'll address this to you. We had talked about the fact that the Gracies were a, a big part of it. So end of first round, Henner's doing his usual, you're doing great. Let's look at this. Let's, you know, what it's doing about to deep waters. That's exactly what we're going to do. Deep waters. Okay. And then when they got to the second time around, they were a little more quiet with him when he finished the second uh, round. Caleb, did you feel that he was going to pull that off in the third? Um, I don't know. It, it was really hard. He was really um, like, like disguising his jiu-jitsu or like his striking two jiu-jitsu. I, I thought he was going to finish that Dars, but whenever he went to mount and, and, just, and threw a leg over Rolled around, it was just you, you. You could just tell it was over, and then the dude's name T City for a reason, and we were both wrong on this one. Yeah, <laughs> well, that happened a few times, so that's not you know. Really <laughs> I, I, I Eric, I have to ask you on your side. Um, just in terms of that fight, was there anything that you thought that stood out to you? Uh, was there some concern over T City that we should be thinking about, or? Um, did you think at a certain point Diego could potentially finish that fight? Yeah, I mean, obviously I thought uh, Diego could finish. He's got punching power. Uh, T-City's not quite a stand-up fighter yet. Um, I mean, there was nothing real. You know, that the result of that fight wasn't that shocking. Diego was an underdog, um, looked good for two rounds, and then lost. I mean, that's, that's a position Diego has been in before. And on the opposite side of that, T City's been in a, in a position where he's been down, mm. and then picked up the win. And just in his last fight against, uh, I think it was Tiago Tavares. Mm. Um, so I'm not. Uh, I wasn't surprised by anything that happened there. Um, and his jujitsu is is a plus, top notch, and it was fun to watch. Definitely, and we want to give a nice shout out to Abel Trujillo for his wonderful <laughs> guillotine choke. I thought that was superbly <laughs> impressive. Some good jujitsu. Um, some good some very submission good. attempts. Yeah, he won Naga. He won Naga. Yeah, of course. You, you can't yeah, overlook that. That. <laughs> that should have made it out. I, I couldn't believe that that reference actually made it in with Joe. When Joe referenced <laughs> no Naga, it's like, wait, why are we talking about Naga? How did Naga ever enter any UFC conversation? Um not that it's not, you know, a thing, but I just thought, like, oh, jiu-jitsu, what are we doing on here? Are we going to start mentioning IBJJF, too? That would be awesome, by the way. I've never heard that done before. Be. I'm thinking about it now. Yes. 
Never heard IBJJF mentioned. You would lose fans. Well, they always say world champion whenever oh, they refer to something yeah. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So it's always on that brink of, mm, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I also wanted to ask you this. Caleb, this was so important to me throughout the night, which was how much did you hate thinking about the concept of MMA math as you were watching all of these fights? Oh, uh, <laughs> Oh, every time that I use MMA math one with just kind of backfired in my face. MMA math doesn't work. <laughs> I'm so glad that it sounded like I prompted you that as like a PSA that I'm making you cut on MMA Don't math. Don't use MMA math every day. Someone uses <laughs> MMA math and they lose bets. Dear kids, every day, 10 to 20 pickers on UFC fights lose their picks and their livelihoods. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to kill you because, frankly, you outrank all of us in this. So let's do this. Uh, before I talk MMA math, I did want to talk about uh, the last thing, I think, being um, – let's see what the last fight was. That was it. Yeah, the, the Kish was very, very dominant. So I'm glad that both of you picked that one together. So that's good. Dustin Poirier, did you feel a little shine on you there, Eric? Knowing mm. the fact that your opposed uh, twin apparently uh, picked up a win? I mean, uh, that was that was the lock of the night, as I said on the show. It was not the lock, lock of the of night. night yeah. Fucking dick. <laughs> In fact, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but now you're forcing my hand. My hand has been forced, and I'm going to bring up the fact that the two of you together, as a united front, said that Garcia was going to beat what's his name. Uh, incorrect. I did not pull the what's his name card. I would never disrespect somebody who steps into the cage wow. by calling them what's their name ever. Yeah. How dare you? Did. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. You know, the best part about facts, Eric, I'm sure you're going to tell me they're true, whether you want them to be or not. So uh, is that the best part? Yeah, it is the best part because they always come back to haunt you, especially when you're trying to pick the lock of the night, Eric. Well, look, I know that the two of you were following this closely. Eric, do you know what happened? Do you know what the results are? Don't say if you do, but do you? I, I do not. Okay. I, I really don't. Okay. When I, when I go into these, I kind of play it on the fly. Okay. Well, how, are you scared right now because we started going through all of these and now you're starting to remember what you said? Not, eh, I don't know, because I don't remember. I don't remember what Caleb picked either. Raph, it's hard to be scared when you're ignorant. Checkmate. Right? Yeah, when when you don't know, then uh, can't be scared. Okay, and uh, Caleb, let me ask you: Do you know the results? Uh, I do not as well. Uh, I went back and listened, but I fell asleep before I could finish the podcast. Well, that's a <laughs> wonderful way to talk about your experience on our show. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Wow. Eric, if I can clean up what he said here real quick. What he said was he fell asleep listening to our show, not that he plays the MMA hour to fall asleep, which is an accurate statement. No, 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 no. I was listening to the show after the, after the pay-per-view to see who, who, who he picked, too. Yes. No, I got that part. All right. Let's... Results? Well, what's the deal? Are you going to leave us hanging? I just wanted to know if you wanted to know. You I want to know. Can I hear them? Oh, Let's yeah, do this. All right. All right. Kevin is chiming in from the background. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Um, 
let's do this. Let's say, Eric, would you be surprised if I told you that Eric got six out of 12 fights correct? Yeah, that sounds about right, to be honest. It wasn't a great night. I really thought uh, Kanahara was going to get it done. I thought Garcia was going to get it done. I thought uh, Tony Sims was going to get it done. I thought Brandau was going to get it done. A lot of misses there. Um, so that, that sounds about right. Okay. And let me ask you, Caleb, um, would you be surprised, though, if you also got six out of 12 question prompts right? Music sounds about right, 50-50. Okay. Which we, we definitely want to say is a passing grade here in America. Everybody <laughs> knows 50%. <laughs> well, at least in Texas. Whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa, no. Whoa, whoa. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the illiteracy. Wow. Um, Kev, again, he's close to where you live. Brown belt. Oh, Ixnay, shit. Sorry. Yeah. On the insult. No, back A. Next day, back A. Yep. Um, he also, I think at one point said, uh, don't let me ever get your back to me. And I have remembered that. So noted, noted <laughs> I'll for put the that record in my uh, Caleb journal entry on training. Well, gentlemen, you know what that means? That means we have a tie, which comes down to tiebreakers. Oof. And I have news for you on this. What if I were to tell you that both of you were correct in picking fight of the night as Lawler Condit? Wow. You two are good. There we go. It's pretty good. You Way guys better are than me or super tiebreakers, right? Anyone who's ever done this. <sighs> now, now before, I'm getting nervous. Now, now before we get nervous. to the result here on this one, let's go over the stakes. Um, what was it that Eric is going to have to do, Chris, if he loses? Who's Who? Chris? Sorry, Caleb. Yeah, I read Chris. a name. We were just at a, a blank of moment. Yes, Caleb. Sorry. Uh, well, originally it was a 15-second video explaining how Texas is better than New York, but you said 30-second video just because. Because I'm awesome. All right. And vice versa, Eric, what does Caleb have to do for you? He's going to have to award me my blue belt on video with his entire <laughs> gym clapping for me, which is going to be glorious. Okay, great. And you say, which is going to be glorious? Do you feel very positive that that's going to happen? I, I really don't remember, um, but confidence and ignorance has gotten me this far, so I will continue that path. <laughs> okay, and Eric, let me ask you, what is it that Kevin has to do? Well, well you know what? That's kind of your stipulation, so I, I'd feel better if you told him. Actually, it wasn't quite my stipulation. You guys were the one to prompt I, Kevin needing to yeah, do I feel stuff. Like, I feel like we started it, and then you kind of... Uh, brought it fully flushed to life. Great, Caleb. What was um, the what was the criteria for Kevin? Oh, he has to do a one minute video of how badass the winner is. What? Something like that, isn't it? Well, okay. Here's what it was. Um, the two of them, Eric wanted this because he's trying to again change history with his revisionist ways. When both of them came on, Kevin, at the very beginning of the podcast, they both made a demand that you have to do something. And I was trying to, like, say, you know, Kevin's on vacation. I don't really know how bad I feel about, you know, or how good I'd feel giving him something like this. And then they mentioned you should do something. And I was like, all right, well, what should he do? So Eric pleaded the case that you should have to give a one-minute speech at the very top of the next show where you try to make an impassioned, like, kid late for school excuse as to why you couldn't make it on that episode. I I could do that. 
Okay. Now, the other part of that was, and it later got amended, was you have to do a one-minute promo as to the winner and say what it is that makes them amazing on the show. Same show. Okay. Why? Why do I have to? I'm going to leave that over (laughs) to Eric, your best friend. Eric, why does he have to do it? Well, remember, I wanted something different. I actually wanted uh, you to do an entire show. Uh, where every time you opened your mouth, you had to begin with meow. Uh, and Raph walked us back on that because of how badly the Your Majesty uh, bit played last time. Yeah. Um, he totally but, forgot after one episode. There was no way. Like, multi-episode arcs with Kevin are very difficult to pull off. That's true. Are, um, am I in this now? I'm confused. So who won and why am I spotlighted? Whatever. I'll oh. do a video. Sure. Great. Um, the thing is, Kev, you were. Oh God! You now just I'm had to do me. it no matter what. Now, no. Like, now the answer is no. No, you had to do it no matter what. That was the, the whole, whole thing. And you okay. just we have you on tape saying you'll do it. So I, you don't even have to make a video. You just have to say those two things on next week's podcast. Okay. Will okay. do. Okay, great. Well, gentlemen, I have the results for you. The results are as follows: Neither of you picked an additional fight of the night. Well, I'm sorry. Performance of the night correctly. So essentially you guys tied it. The only person that lost was Kevin. So congratulations, guys. Oh, this is amazing. So there's no winner. Well done, Caleb. Uh, They tied, Kev. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Unbreakable tie. There's no winner. However... Uh, the loser we all know now is Kevin. So Kevin on next week's podcast, as he has agreed and you all heard here, uh, will say uh, one minute each about something great about both of you guys. Or no, just no, 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 no. You got to win to get a minute. They each get 30 seconds mm-hmm. tops. This is a capstone minute of a project. Eh, I suppose I, I don't do twice that. the work for them I, achieving I zero fair. of the I success. Think that's that's fair. Fair. I think that's I'm cool with that. Do you remember, though, I at least defended your honor to say there's no way you had the vocabulary to remember to say meow. So thank you would be nice. Yeah, it's also not my joke. That's always the struggle with those types of things. When it's not yeah. my joke, getting me to repeatedly do it is like uh, comedy kryptonite. Yeah. So anyway, someone else wrote it, and I know at the MMA hour, you guys are like, "Well, it's comedy, and someone's got to write it, and it's not going to be us." Here, like <laughs> doing my own jokes is just sort of my thing. Sir, it's this thing. How yeah. dare you? Um, well, gentlemen, I want to say congratulations to the both of you on your tie. Um, no one impressed. is better than the other. It just goes to show that yes, um, the common listener of the show has just as much fighting chance to beat somebody who goes on a show on a weekly basis to talk about wagers and how much he knows about the fight game. Check my bank account, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a great thing. I would love to check your bank account because... <laughs> Actually, be- before we go, I do have two questions. The okay. first is, who who did we pick uh, for the performance of the night winners? Okay, so here's what it came down to. I, I was starting to get a little nervous because I was like, Shit, I think I could come up with a tiebreaker here. And it's really going to be unfair because the performance of the Knights, I think this is uh, Eric's. These are his. You had picked uh, uh, Brandau, who did not win, and Poirier because he looks like you, quote unquote. Then (laughs) on Caleb's side, he actually had the foresight to pick Robbie 
and Arlovsky. So you both had one correct person who at least won a fight and one incorrect person who didn't win a fight. So even on that kind of criteria, I was like, uh. And if you really think about it, Robbie probably was the more impressive showing. But I was like, uh, you know, I could make that argument. But here's the biggest real fuck up of them all. The person we all have to hate right now. And Eric, I'm going to ask for your response is Stipe Miocic, because he was the one who demanded a performance of the night award, even to the point that Dana said he was fucking threatening my life. I had to fucking give it to him. And then he gave him a high five in the post press conference. So really, he fucked things up. Your response, Eric. I love Stipe Miocic. Um, he's the man. Uh, fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers, just like myself. Um, and I think, you know, what this comes to tell us is that Caleb and I are, are really, really smart and evenly matched dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, as always, the, the loser in all of this is Kevin. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's the best fact that you could find. And a clear difference from where you ended the last podcast, praising Kevin. But Caleb, what's your response? What do you have to say about your partner here? Well, I mean, it was, it was, an, it was an even matchup, but in the end, Kevin's still a loser. So <laughs> it's nothing new. Kevin's fine with it. That's true. Gentlemen, I can't thank you two enough for coming on the show. I know Kevin can't, but... Didn't say thanks. Not interested uh-huh. in thanking anyone. I mean, what did they do? They just came on, took an hour and 21 minutes to tie. Thanks. It's amazing. Everyone's this glad the they spent their time on that now. <laughs> I'm so happy we did this segment. Like, honestly, you know what the best part is? Just sitting down, waiting, waiting for the slow burn. No, people watch the, the Vikings and the Packers in primetime for a tie. That's what they're doing. That's what I mean. No, I mean, obviously, Kev, the, there is a loser in this game. And that's the whole important thing. That's what people want to see. They want to see who lost, and they know it's you. Um, Everyone Eric out there is like, this the whole thing just doesn't make a ton of sense, but we're going to fly. Go for I it. guarantee you more people will say it makes sense than it doesn't. Ladies Eric, and gentlemen, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, same places uh, as yesterday. You can find me at uh, actually tomorrow. We have our award show for the MMA hour. So tune in Mondays, 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Probably won't. In Pacific uh, at MMAfighting.com and follow me on Twitter at New York Rick. And also, Follow Caleb on Twitter if he ever gives us a Twitter handle and watch him on Periscope when he ever, you know, gets that out there. He's competing and he's the man. Hey, man, I'm too busy training. No. Caleb. Caleb, I have to ask you, did you, yeah, you'll message it to me? Okay, great. Um, Caleb has a fight coming up where this week, man? Uh, in Houston, Texas at the Revention Center. Great. And you guys are going to want to tune in. We will get you uh, notes so that you can hopefully tune in and uh, uh, watch it on Periscope. And Eric is going to retweet that as well. And Kevin will too because, hey, why not? Um, Gentlemen, we have Caleb Johnson here. We have Eric Jackman. Thank you guys so much for playing over under Kevin without Kevin. I had a great time. I think everybody here did. Thank you. Um, And I do love Kevin. Yeah, it's all with love, but still. Raph, what a podcast. I'm glad to hear people are turning around and people... I Because, okay, here's what happened after the fights. The reason, in part, I shut my phone off is because I didn't want to see everybody explaining why Lawler won the fight. You know that I'm the first one to tell you why you're wrong. That's why I 
was just done. I was like, no, everyone's going to be like, once again, kind of oh, the love taps or whatever people say. And it was just like, I, I have seen him beat people in the cage. I have seen the champion look at him and say, well, it did kind of feel like he won. Uh, so it's good to feel the vindication that I'm not just being a homer in this regard. No, no. This was, I thought this was robbery. Um, I thought he deserved it. I thought I it's one of the by, Waller, by the way. Absolutely, and and it's a testament to both of the guys. It's that that shot of the two of them oh, uh, with their hands on the the top right. of the octagon is going to be iconic. I think for years to come. I just feel that, you know, when they say you got to beat the champ, I thought that's about as good of a statement as you can make to beat the champ because I understand there's those you know discrepancies of it's the fights closer, but that was uh, that was a fairly good argument. Well. Carlos, as a friend of the podcast, we are obviously going to – we think you have a future still in this fight game, so I'm hoping he he gets the title shot. Let's do it again now to just go back, and I know it's hard to with Tyrone Woodley and the way it's set, but – Well, I also feel the two of them have some injuries to recover from before we do it all Maybe. over again. <laughs> Why? From what? Mm. Just overtraining the buffet after that doesn't sound right. I love that uh, Lisa put a prompt. And I don't know if you saw what I said to her, but she said um, in response to saying like, "Oh my God, I hope that Carlos wins this quickly um, so that they could protect his beautiful face." And I said, word for word, that was exactly what Kevin just texted me. <laughs> Dispel it quickly. Mm. Well, I, and people were looking out for my well-being, and I appreciated that, Lisa. Yes. I mean, we're all in the content corner, and that's going to do it for us tonight, Raph, which means it's time for some shout-outs. Okay. I'll start. I spent the week in Breckenridge with my family. We got a little stomach flu problem, Raph, oh. that made the house. So night one, took my sister to the hospital. Night two took my girlfriend to the hospital, and this was in between myself uh, going down pretty hard. So shout out to the family. You know, it's hard to go the first 48 hours um, in severe pain and sickness, and we're talking dark days. I'm sorry, man. I mean, only two hospital trips in 48 hours. Uh, by the second night, though, great hospital out there at Breckridge. I'm just going to throw this out there to the staff at St. Vincent's Medical. <laughs> Big shout out to them. I spent some good time. Uh, he, he gave me some juice, hooked me up while I was hanging out waiting. Really nice people. <laughs> Fantastic medical care. My parents, my sister and her family, we had a blast, Raph. Uh, we ended up coming down the mountain. My father, myself, and Victoria went up and... I stayed on the snowboard long enough. I fell a few times, but we made it all the way down. That's good. Did some skiing and snowboarding down Breckenridge. Beautiful area. And that's going to do it for me, Raph. Uh, let's go ahead and start by shouting out Valley Martial Arts Center. I had a great open mat session today. Uh, you know, I was telling Kevin off air, I had a really awesome 40 minute roll with our good friend Happy. From Oceanside Jiu-Jitsu, he, uh, he gave me a really nice rash guard. I'm going to be wearing it with pride. It, um, it looks like the Miami Vice sign, but it's like Oceanside. And uh, I, I think it's the coolest looking thing. So 
Uh, for once, I will look like a cool human being when I am rolling like that. So my thanks to him for the roll. Yeah, after the 40-minute roll, he was like, you want to go again? And I was like, I would. But also, I think we should give other people a chance to roll because, like, everybody was staring at us. Like, we just kept ignoring the buzzer. And I was like, I, you're really, like, somebody who I think would do well to train with other people, like, because people want to train with you. And he was like, oh, that's awesome. And then, like, we, like, circled back and we ended up doing, like, another 10-minute round. And I was just like, this is amazing. He has exactly the kind of work ethic I like. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to train with Neil, Neil Grant, uh, who also came along. But uh, we hung out after during the class and, uh, you know, we shot the shit. And I think those guys are really, really stand up people. So I want to shout out both of them for dropping through at the Via Mac. So uh, I also want to shout out J- uh, John DeVera, um, Blake. I uh, got to do some kind of like uh, training with each of them individually and uh, man, those two are getting really good. It, it's scary when you're training with people and uh, nothing you do works anymore. Yeah. It's nice. It's annoying too. It is annoying. No, I'm, I'm going to speak to the annoying part, I think, on the next podcast. But for Dale, I'll say uh, two of them, very, very good stuff. So congrats to both of those guys. And I also want to uh, give a nice shout out to Breakdown Academy. As always, John going for it. John's now done this thing where he's done away with, I think, five-minute rounds. I think they're all 10-minute rounds now. Look out. Because he is feeling feisty. Oh, and I thought it was like a Christmas thing. Like, he was doing it so we wouldn't be fat. But lo and behold, we're done with Christmas. (laughs) It's more than just Christmas, Kevin. He's just doing it all the fucking time now. And I go, is this what real life is going to be? Is this what we're doing? Because Cobrinha has 10-minute rounds. I see how you play, John. Uh, but John was also very fun and a big part of our help in doing coverage for um, the Risen event. So my thanks to him. I also want to send a nice shout out to my editor and the good people at First Slice. I'm so sorry I slept in. Rapsily. He does this on the podcast, too. Oh, like, hey, Kevin, we're supposed to be doing stuff and then you know just sleeps right in. Uh, to Brian, if you're listening to this, this is the lazy one I refer to quite often. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We've got great responses for our Christmas episodes. We're glad you guys have a new holiday. We hope you spent it safe. But I think now it's time to get back to training. So get back to work, you guys. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good New Year. Thank you.